everyone, and welcome to Tarot Esoterica, episode 15. My name is Laurel Stewart, and I'm branded online as the Loracular. This podcast series is just me talking about basic occult symbolism and metaphysical philosophy with tarot cards in mind. Today's episode is completing my commentary on Chapter 6, The Magical Equilibrium, of the new translation of Doctrine and Rituals of High Magic by Eliphas Levi, as well as discussing what he wrote in this book about the Lover's Card and Tipper. I ended the last episode by stating that the Senary principle, which Levi named magical equilibrium, is symbolized by the hexagram in Western occult philosophy. Equilibrium means equal balance between multiple forces. In mathematics, it is a solution that does not change with time. Levi says that equilibrium in thought is wisdom, and equilibrium of forces is power, but that maintaining equilibrium is very hard to do. I agree. So does the Eastern philosophy of Taoism, which is devoted to creating and learning to maintain equilibrium. If alchemy is occult chemistry, then Levi says that alchemical success comes by learning to combine opposites without having one neutralize the other. This holds true in my personal experiences. The traditional hexagram in Western occultism is created by taking the alchemical symbol for fire, an upwards pointing triangle, and combining it with the alchemical symbol for water, a downwards pointing triangle to create a six-pointed star. The same follows for when you combine the symbols of air and earth. In fact, the reason that air is the same upwards pointing triangle as fire but with a line through it and earth is the same downwards pointing triangle as water but with a line through it is because of the way things look when you study them as a hexagram. Levi goes on to talk about the Senary principle is how we come to terms with there being evil in the world, with there being demons and black magic and that harnessing the bad to the good via magical equilibrium is how a mage ultimately creates success. Tipareth is conventionally the sixth Sephiroth on the Tree of Life, and in both the Kircher style diagram and the Natural Array style diagram, it has exactly six paths leading in and out of it. It is associated with the sun and with magical equilibrium. Levi describes Tipareth as beauty, luminous, and balanced conception in the forms, the intermediary between the crown and the kingdom, the principal mediator between the creator and the creation. In other words, Tipareth is a sphere that combines the polar opposites of Kether and Malkuth, or creator and creation, without one of them negating the other. And the Hebrew letter that Levi equates in chapter 22, the book of Hermes, is Vow, which he describes as a chain series, hook, lingam, entanglement, union, embrace, struggle, antagonism, combination equilibrium. This is the same section where he links vow to the lovers. How Levi visualizes this card is a man between vice and virtue. Above him shines the sun of truth, and within this sun, love stretches his bow and threatens vice with his arrow. In chapter 17, he suggests that the lovers as a card could also be named liberty, and that the sixth day, which is associated with it, is the day of pride. This is key to understanding Levi's perception of the lover's card. Last episode, I mentioned that Levi had written in this chapter that sexual love is an illusion and that love in the form of intoxication or passion is formally forbidden to a mage. However, what he says in the last pages of this chapter when he describes 
the lovers really being about liberty puts a different spin on it. Liberty gives birth to the immortality of man, says Levi, and the will of God puts the laws of eternal reason to man. He goes on a couple of paragraphs later to say, omnipotence is the most absolute liberty, yet absolute liberty could not exist without perfect equilibrium, which in essence is saying that human beings are always going to struggle between virtue and vice. We'll always be free to make choices, but are never free from having to make choices between doing right and wrong. And this is something I've adopted as a personal truth of my own, that no matter how enlightened we feel, we are always going to have to struggle with doing right and doing wrong in the present. The lover's card in the Worth Tarot doesn't do a very good job of faithfully illustrating what Levi suggested in this book. It has the son of truth, it has Eros or Cupid holding his bow, but the arrow is pointed at the man himself who has his arms crossed to represent equilibrium and the two female figures he is to choose from. They don't characterize vice and virtue. They are a regal female queen and a more buxom, more beautiful commoner woman. So I would call Levi's lover as having to choose between financial comfort and status and his romantic ideal, his fantasy woman. And his friendly angel isn't going to help him decide which is better. It is making it completely up to him where his heart goes. And that is it for Magical Equilibrium and the Lover's Card. This episode was intentionally short. It took me longer than normal to get that last episode completed, but I've scheduled myself to get quite a bit of Tarot Esoterica at least scripted and recorded during the next three weeks. I want to finish up the episodes devoted to the Doctrine and Ritual of High Magic, a new translation, fairly quickly if life allows. So next time, I tackle Chapter 7, The Flaming Sword, which is dedicated to the septenary principle and the idea that the number 7 represents magic in all its force. My favorite way to discuss the septenary principle is how it is expressed in astrology with the seven classical planets. I can babble all day about the seven classical planets and what they represent as archetypes in the microcosm of the human psyche. And so I expect this will be a really fun podcast for me. If you really like this podcast series, please let me know and spread that praise on your social media platforms. I don't accept tarot clients at this time, and everything I write and post on my website, theloracular.com, is free to read and even borrow as long as you attribute me as the original author. I am part of two online tarot communities, The Cult of Tarot and Tarot Tea and Me. I highly recommend visiting and doing your own tarot discussion either place. You can also catch me on Twitter at tloracular, but be warned, on Twitter I get opinionated, goofy, and unapologetically political. Until next time, keep wrestling your own needs and desires, passions and self-expectations into equilibrium. May the world do good unto you, and may you do good unto the world.